This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Future Talk podcast. Future Talk. This is Future Talk with Omnial Saleh and Hani Balkis. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to Future Talk right here on Pulse95. This is the one and only place where we give you a quick roundup of everything that is happening in the tech world, in the UAE, and all around the world. I hope you're all having a fantastic afternoon and excited to find out about what is happening with Instagram because a lot of people have been very annoyed with this issue. This story seems to happen more often in the US and in the UK, but sadly, even people right here in the UAE have actually been sharing photos saying that they can't post, they can't refresh, and they can't do much with their Instagram account. And Instagram finally resolved this issue, and we're going to be telling you exactly how they did so. Coming up on today's show as well, we're going to be talking about Samsung's latest phone they have released or they're soon going to be releasing their latest foldable phone the galaxy z fold 3 that we're going to be giving you all the details about in just a few moments in the worlds of app in the world of apps lots is happening as well as we discuss twitter trying to fight misinformation this time though they're putting their hands together with news outlets how's that going to be coming in handy for all of us you are also going to be finding out about it very very soon in the world of gadgets we're also going to be talking about how one smart necklace could potentially help you watch your mood or help others find out what mood you're in so if you're grumpy or cranky people around you can maybe try to avoid you coming up on today's show we're also going to be talking about amazon and how they are going to be giving us some money for us giving them our print our palm print how has the world become this way? How have we now started trading our biometrics for some money? Because you have it, you're going to be giving or you're going to be given $10 if you allow Amazon to scan your palm, especially when you're using their cashierless stores. Lots and lots is in store right here on today's show. So make sure you keep all 95 locked and we'll be right back. Sometimes I go out by myself And I look across the water Oh Hey there Delilah, what's it like in New York City? I'm a thousand miles away, but girl, tonight We could have had it all Rolling in the deep Hey, let's get it started Let's get it started in here. Let's get it started. Yeah. Let's get it started in here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Shotty got down low, say, come and get me. Yeah, yeah. I was so caught up. Mm-hmm. It's close to midnight. There's something evil lurking in the dark. Ooh. Beautiful girls all over the world. I could be. Take it to anywhere Maybe we can make a deal Maybe together Oh baby, I'ma pick you up Hold on, cause my doors don't shut Oh baby, if my car break down I'ma drive while you push it out You are My fire The one 
desire One, don't pick up the phone You know he's only calling cause he's working alone Two, I'm in love with the shape of you We push and pull like a magnet And you are unforgettable I need to get you alone Ooh. You just want attention You don't want my heart Maybe you just hit the thought of me with someone who Just hold on, we're going home Yeah, yeah Just hold on, we're going home Yeah I'm fine, I'm Daily Digital News. Bits and bytes connect our world. Today we're talking all about Instagram being down for a lot of users across the United States. Some people say it also happened in the UK, but I can tell you it's been happening also right here in the UAE. My own co-host, Tani Balqis, was actually also saying that his Instagram was down for some time. So if you are just like him and many other people, we've got you covered. It was actually down. It's not just you. And if you want a quick way to find out if an outage is happening on any of the social media apps, it, the best way to do or whatever you need to do is to basically head to Twitter because Twitter always has lots of memes about who's social media app is down and lots of people tend to share asking others if they are struggling with the same exact issue the only downside about this is if twitter is down you're probably going to hear about it on instagram or facebook but the twitter itself is it tends sometimes to fail us but according to the website that tends to report all outages of social media platforms and different websites down detector the application was actually down for about an hour but I would say it was even a little bit more than that. So in the UK, they had about 3,000 reports of people's Instagrams not working around the same period that people in the US were also struggling with this issue. And there was a hashtag actually uh, called the hashtag Instagram down that began circulating all over Twitter. Lots of users were waiting for a fix and finally there is a fix. The outage itself had a lot of users uh, see messages on their Instagram accounts telling them to try again later. That happened when they tried to refresh their feed. That happened when they even sometimes tried to DM other people. And the number of user reports on Monday is actually huge. It's almost the same as the, the number of reports that Instagram had from the major outage that happened back in April, where millions of Instagram users worldwide, alongside actually Facebook users, they were all unable to load images or even upload posts or load posts of other people. Yet, finally, this issue was resolved back in April. And right now in August, it's also been resolved. Instagram said in a tweet, actually yesterday that they're finally back if a lot of people have been having a hard time accessing their account or posting their accounts should be working just fine now a lot of people were actually uh, making funny memes on twitter about this new issue and saying that first off it was sensitive content that instagram would would kind of like remind you of whenever you access certain people's accounts and now it's you not being able to load anyone's content so what's going on instagram they actually fixed this update and if you have not received 
uh, the fix if you still are facing this issue every time you try to load your posts a very quick and easy way to kind of get that update very soon is to go to your app store find instagram you'll find an option saying update click on it and bam you should have your instagram app going back to normal in no time let me know if you have faced this issue and if you actually saw the outage and have you had it fixed immediately or did you have to go and manually update your app from the app store coming up on today's show we're going to be talking about samsung's latest foldable phone the samsung galaxy z fold 3 if you've been eyeing it for a while if you've been interested to find out the price the specs what are the features you got to stay tuned to find out more about it Pulse 95. Daily digital news. Bits and bytes connect our world. Your quick roundup of everything that is happening in the tech world, in the UAE, and all around the world. Today's tech news, we've got our beloved friend Samsung. They have actually been planning their next foldable phone. And... News have it that this is going to be one of the best foldable phones out there on the market. It goes by the name Samsung Galaxy Z Fold 3. And it's almost nearing its release date. We are expecting a brand new unpacked event that is scheduled for the 11th of August. So just in a few we- just in a few days, we are going to be uh, witnessing a new unpacked event that will hold a lot of new gadgets including this foldable phone now the fold 3 actually follows the footsteps of their samsung galaxy z fold 2 which was officially released back in september of 2020 so one year later they have actually improved the foldable phone's durability issue and have gotten a much bigger front screen so quick recap for those of you who don't know when samsung first launched the the foldable phone they were actually one of the pioneers of this technology but it also came with a lot of issues and a lot of drawbacks people had their foldable phones breaking when they first bought them some of them were overheating and that caused samsung to actually recall some of the phones that they published out there on the market they have decided to improve all those issues even though foldable phones are still in their early days they are trying to perfect it as much as they can foldable phones come with multi-screen software so it's a bit bulky in your hand but in the future they may become a lot slimmer a lot lighter and you could potentially even use them one-handed i think it just takes some getting used to so samsung may be making one of those general improvements but lots of the studies and the reports that have been done on the new foldable phone do say that they are going to be including an s pen stylus so you may just be getting that pen stylus for free alongside the phone which will make using it become a lot more productive especially if you're the type of person who loves to draw you love to write you love to make some notes especially for students now that we're approaching back to school this may be the perfect phone for them in the year 2021 now lots of specs coming up for you if you're looking to see when it's out and what it will cost so It's going to hopefully be out on the 11th of August. Yeah, we always know with launch events in the age of COVID-19, we can expect some delays. For the price point, foldable phones are never cheap. And if anything, they're even more expensive than what Apple offers for its top tier iPhone 12 Pro Max. So it will be going at a price, at a starting point price of 7,000 dirhams and 7,342 dirhams. 
and that's without the vat yet. So it's going to be pretty pricey and it might just go up to even more than that. So you may just expect yourself, if you are interested in one of the foldable phones, to basically pay up to 10,000 dirhams for one of them. Some people may call it an investment. I have yet to try one foldable phone to see if I'm interested in it or not. But it will almost certainly be announced in Samsung's big unpacked event that they almost have yearly, just like Apple does. And everyone has been complaining about how expensive their foldable phones are, yet people who own them say that it is worth the price. Most recent of all those leaks that we've been seeing online has been of and a man named Ivan Blas, who has a great track record whenever he suggests that a certain smartphone industry is going to be launching a specific phone. And his leak says that they're also going to be launching the new Samsung Galaxy Watch 4 to go with that phone. What we do know about the Galaxy Z Fold 3 is that it's going to have a very sleek design. So it's going to be coming hopefully with the S Pen. It's also going to have an under display camera. So the screen itself is going to be super sleek. You're not going to have that little bump or notch that you find with, let's say, the iPhone. So you can't even tell that the camera is there. It's also going to be protect protected by the Gorilla Glass Victus, which for those of you who don't know, this is actually one of the strongest forms of screens. So even if you drop it, it's not going to be very easily shattered. They've also been saying that the phone is going to be coming in black, navy and pink shades. I'm a big fan of the pink shade. It's also going to have a triple lens camera on the back and a punch hole camera on the cover screen. It's also going to hopefully be, have the, be having, as I've mentioned, the under display camera on the front screen so it won't be as visible. We will be taking all those specs with a pinch of salt since at the end of the day, this is Samsung's phone to release and these are basically only predictions that a lot of researchers who kind of dig deep into what Apple and Samsung have to launch kind of announced. We've also been seeing that the new Samsung will have 360 degree GIFs. So you are possibly going to be having new features on social media platforms, WhatsApp that you may be enjoying very soon. Let me know, are you excited for the new Samsung Galaxy Z Fold 3 phone? And do you own a foldable phone yourself? Also, do you think it's worth, it's worth the price? As I've mentioned, they go from a starting point price of 7,000 dirhams and they may get to about 11,500 dirhams. So it's a lot to invest, even more than what you'd pay for. It's almost the same price as a MacBook, I would say, especially if you're getting that top-notch MacBook. So MacBook 16-inch full specs. Let me know what your thoughts are. Our text lines are open. 4215, do it to or sign into RDMs at Pulse95 Radio. Coming up, we're talking all about fighting misinformation, and it has to do a lot with Twitter collaborating with other news outlets. Keep Pulse95 locked. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pulse95. Pulse95. Apps all around. What's worth a click and download? Fighting misinformation has been one of the biggest missions of social media platforms, kind of as big as how the healthcare industry has been fighting COVID-19. Because with every pandemic, I feel like with every big disaster comes lots of misinformation that hackers and people who want to just make the most money out of any natural disaster, virus, pandemic, you name it. It, can, it kind of spreads to the social media platforms and Twitter has been actually also doing its best to fight this misinformation. Now, yesterday I actually had a very interesting 
encounter with uh, how social media platforms kind of fight misinformation. My mom was constantly trying to comment on people's Facebook posts about, you know, congratulating them on their uh, high school diplomas. And every time she'd copy and paste a comment, she kept doing it for multiple posts. And all of a sudden, Facebook gave her kind of like a warning that they have disabled her ability to comment on people's posts. And she was so surprised. She's like, why? Why are they stopping me? I'm not saying anything wrong. I'm just congratulating people. And I'm like, it's for good reason. It's because Facebook's algorithm or AI kind of picked up on the fact that you're commenting so often and that comment is copied and pasted that it kind of signals like you're spreading misinformation even if you're not and especially because it's in arabic i don't think the ai or the algorithm is able to pick up on the hate words let's say because in in the case of english let's say if you say that someone's ugly not pretty mean these words kind of are highlighted in the ai so it could more easily pick up on those than if you're commenting other things. Regardless, this was Facebook's way of fighting misinformation. And today we're talking about Twitter doing a very similar thing. What they're doing, though, is trying to ask for help from news outlets. So they're going to be collaborating with two of the largest international news providers, Reuters and Associated Press, to debunk all the misinformation that has been widespread on that social media platform. So these news agencies will be helping Twitter give more context, more background information on all events that tend to have a high volume of tweets. Sometimes certain certain events start to have trending hashtags and people look at those hashtags they may even share them but they have no idea what is that hashtag why is it even trending so twitter is hoping that if these news outlets can kind of maybe attach some links maybe keep some background information near or nearby that trending hashtag people could be more well informed and educated when sharing and retweeting those information so with twitter specifically a lot of people kind of look at it as a toxic platform. And that's exactly why they're trying to kind of spread more accurate, more credible information, especially when facts are in dispute. So rather than waiting until something goes viral, Twitter wants to try and make people more well aware of the conversations that are making headlines recently. So whenever a large or rapidly growing conversation is happening on Twitter that may be noteworthy, Twitter's curation team, so there's an entire human, not AI, non-AI team that's going to be finding and promoting relevant context from reliable sources so that you can go ahead and counter all those potentially misleading information that we may find online. One example, quick example, is the COVID-19 virus. When it first started out and people had no no medicine, no medication was being able to give it to what no medication was given to patients who struggled with the virus. Lots of people were going on Facebook posting remedies magic cures for this unknown virus they said maybe if you drink hot water you'll burn the virus down if you make this mixture of i don't know burned clementine uh, skin with some turmeric and, and hot water and lemon you may get your sense of smell and sense of taste back and a lot of people let me tell you lots of people were trying out these remedies because they were desperate and you know they were so desperate that they would try them out and sometimes they may even harm them rather than give any form of benefit or not help them at all so what facebook was doing at that time is 
they would kind of give you an alert every time you wanted to post something with the word COVID-19. It was a good form of effort, but still not enough because these posts were spread everywhere. So I'm hoping that with Twitter collaborating with other news outlet, we may outlets, we may just be getting lots more factual information on that platform rather than just people sharing their opinion about very important aspects, whether it was the COVID-19 virus and the pandemic or even political information. So Reuters and the Associated Press will hopefully be helping to improve the information credibility on Twitter and the curation team will be following up to make sure that whatever contextual information is being spread on the platform is coming only from news outlets and not just anyone. Now, Twitter will also be focusing on English language content when it comes to uh, spreading the contextual information. Yet with time, they're also going to be including other languages like Arabic uh, and other languages out there. So let me know what your thoughts are. And do you go for to social media platforms to find out what's happening in the world? Back in the day, we used to depend on newspapers and television news outlets but now it's like social media has become our world so let me know which platform do you go to the most is it twitter is it instagram or is it facebook our text lines are open 4215 door to salat or sign into rdms at pulse 95 radio coming up on today's show we're talking everything weird tech because if you've always been frustrated that no one can tell no one can understand when you're just not in the mood when today is not your day or If you're feeling happy and joyful, people tend to kind of misunderstand it to you being just annoying. We're going to be talking about one gadget that will be tracking your mood by watching your expressions. And who knows, it may just be giving your loved ones kind of like a little bit of a hint on how can they understand those emotions a little bit better. Keep all 75 locked. We'll be right back. How many emotions do we have every single day? How how many times do they change? How many times do you go from happy to sad to angry to excited to needing some attention and needing some care every single day? Probably not many of us tend to kind of tone our mind down, tone our thoughts, thoughts down to take a second to think, what can we do? to help understand our minds and emotions a little bit better. But researchers have created a device that can do that for us, and it could potentially help us improve our relationship with our family, significant others, loved ones, and maybe even colleagues at work. Because if you can understand what you're feeling at any specific moment, you'll know exactly how to deal with it. It's kind of just like dealing with a little child who does not understand their emotions at any specific point. If you can find out exactly how they're feeling, you'll be able to attend to their needs a lot better. Researchers have built a necklace-style fitness tracker that constantly monitors your facial expressions without having to need a front-facing camera. So that necklace sits on your chest and it could potentially help you keep track of your own mental health. So as you go on your day-to-day activities, the necklace that goes by the name Neckface uses infrared cameras to kind of capture image from images from under your chin. Yes, you heard it right, from under your chin. Because that software can reconstruct a 3D image of your face just by looking at your chin. And then it will go ahead and interpret how those expressions kind of change 
and it determines how you are feeling. So that team was actually based in China. It was led by an assistant professor named Ching Zeng, and he went ahead and explained that many people are already used to wearing a necklace, a pair of headphones around their necks or, or their neck or anything similar to that. And if, you know, for the ladies out there, you're always going to have some form of, of jewelry on. So having this neck face digital necklace will be very easy to get used to. But what this technology can do is keep a database on how you're doing physically and mentally throughout the day. So that means you could potentially track your own behavior and you could even give those details to a doctor in case you need some mental health therapy or even just keeping track of how your hormones are doing at any specific point. So the neck face could potentially help you do all of that without having a camera sitting by your face at all times. It's very similar to how a VR headset would work. It lip reads and it chin reads. And little did we know, you can actually express a lot by the movements that your chin does. Now the team started out by experimenting with a regular camera that is known as the RBG. And what they found, that it was too difficult to go ahead and isolate the images of your face against different backgrounds. Since it's sitting on your neck, on your neckline or your chest, you could be anywhere. And sometimes the sun is too, there's not enough sunlight, so it may not be able to pick up very easily. That's exactly why they decided to basically settle for an infrared camera paired with an LD light. So it's... It's going to self-light up, if that makes sense, so that it always has enough lighting to capture the movement of your chin. Then the team went ahead and picked between two designs. They either had in mind the neckband style device, where it just sits on your neckline, it has two cameras, and the necklace can capture images when you move your head. But the necklace was not as effective. That's exactly why they decided to focus on chin reading and neck reading. So they can go ahead and always have kind of like a... a stamp on how you're feeling at any specific moment. Now, what a lot of people are worried about is big tech always watching and big tech always listening. So great technology. You have, you're going to keep track of your mental health at all points, but who else is watching your mental health? Who else is listening to how you're feeling? So this necklace is very similar to what we've seen out there on the market, which is the Amazon Halo fitness tracker. It was great. It would even track your voice and report back on your emotional state. But tracking your voice also meant that Amazon always had access to whatever it is that you're saying. And that made people very uncomfortable. So some people kind of refused to buy that fitness band altogether because they felt like it was very unsettling to have someone constantly creeping in on your conversation. And I agree, where did the privacy go in that concept? But at the same time, especially when we're talking about using these uh, gadgets and these smart wearables for health reasons, you know, if your medical health professional has access to these devices, then they could potentially come in handy, especially with cases that are a bit more extreme. Suicide patients, patients with schizophrenia, pe people who need uh, external help to manage their emotions. And if you're just a regular user who is willing to, you know, you have nothing to risk, you're willing to put your information out there, then you may just want to go ahead and brave it and use it. Now, these devices uh, not just help you track your mental health, but also your physical health, just like any other wearable. They sit on your neckline, so they have much better access to your heart rate and can even provide very accurate readings of your step count and even your location. So if you want to share your location with someone, you can still go ahead and do that. Again, very unsettling, unsettling, but 
for some people, it comes in handy, especially when it comes to kids. Let me know what your thoughts are about this neck necklace, this smart necklace that's called the neck face. And did you know that you could actually find out exactly how someone is feeling by the movements of their chin? Try it out yourself. If you smile, your chin will move differently than if you're frowning, than if you're angry, than if you're sad. And that's exactly how this smart necklace can go ahead and find out exactly how you're feeling. Coming up on today's show, we're going to be talking all about yeah another form of unsettling privacy concerns. Amazon is going to be giving out $10 if you let it scan your palm print. Would you go for it or would you rather stick with the good old way of checking out of a grocery store? Keep Pulse 95 locked. We'll be right back. This is Pulse 95. Check this out. Check this out. Pulse 95. What is the fastest way that you could use to pay any for any service? Is it using Apple Pay? Is it by using your biometrics, scanning your eye or scanning your face? In this age, and in, in this day and age, 2021, we have lots of ways to pay for the things that we like. We have cash, we have Apple Pay, and we also have different ways through different, different applications. Some applications can allow you to pay by simply scanning your face. But now, palm scanning has become a new thing that Amazon has been working on for quite some time and they're planning to introduce very soon. Palm scanning payment is one of the ways that Amazon hopes that it's going to be making things become a lot easier when you want to enter a bus station, a train station, you name it. It's a payment technology that's going to become as frequent as you use Apple Pay or Samsung Pay for those who are Android users because they don't want you to waste any moment entering your details or even paying in cash and waiting for your cash back. So the question is, is it going to be as safe as we think it would be? <laughs> a lot of people don't even think it's going to be safe at all, but they are giving us a little bit of an incentive. They would give you $10 if you let them scan your palm print. All you'd have to do is when you enter their new cashierless stores, you would have to, once after you pay, you'd give your palm and allow them to scan it. And then you'd get $10 credit for you to use on your next trip to their Amazon store. The question with this is... You know, normally when you go to a cashierless store, you'd have to scan a barcode from your phone and pay through that, pay through credit cards. But what happens when you scan your palm print is you don't have to get out anything. Your credit card details will be linked to that palm print. And the minute you put your palm, you have already paid. You'll get the message that a certain amount has been deducted from your credit card. A lot of people are worried about privacy, even though Amazon did say that these details could easily be removed. The minute you decide to deactivate your account with Amazon and their cashierless stores, you can go ahead and delete your information with it. But is that really true? And could there be, could your information still be in the database? So anyone, if Amazon gets hacked, anyone could go ahead and track your record. Your privacy is gone. The technology works very easily when it comes to scanning your palm, just like we would scan our iris or even do facial recognition our fingerprints would be picked up from the thing or the items the item that we go ahead and scan it on and we'd be able to basically pay easily and what's interesting about it is the veins the wrinkles on your palm they're all stored as part of the recognition so you're basically paying with every vein and every line on your palm 
and you're good to go. Hopefully this may, according to Amazon, in the future this may become a replacement for tickets at a music festival, even tickets at a sporting event, and even an alternative for your office key card. So imagine entering your office by only scanning your palm. I mean, we've seen it with uh, finger scanning, so I wouldn't think palm scanning would be too far ahead in the future. Let me know what your thoughts are about it. I'm pretty skeptical, but I also think it only makes sense. We scan our iris, we scan our, our fingers, so why not go ahead and scan our palm? I mean, is it going to be any different now? But with the security concerns at the end of the day, we all have a digital footprint and a lot of people are worried about how this could be used against us. Let me know your thoughts. Sadly, Future Talk is coming to an end, but you can catch us catch me again same time same place tomorrow from 2 to 3 p.m tomorrow will be the last show before hani comes back and the future talk duo is finally back i want to wish you a blessed afternoon but keep pulse 95 locked because coming up on the show coming up on pulse 95 is the only place to be at three the halftime show with omar duty he has a packed show for all of you covering everything mental health physical well-being as well as the latest updates in the world of sports it's a show that you don't want to miss Hoping, hoping that you have a blessed afternoon and I'll see you again tomorrow. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 2 p.m.